You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. If you want to have guarantees, you have to buy a washing machine. Either we win or we learn, and today we learn. Adacha Austin! Shabakizabir! It's infield to Mane, 25 yards out. Lovely ball for Pella. Onside! One nil! Blue fast shot! Oh my word! He ran around a bit like Bambi on ice. It was very, very embarrassing to watch. And now, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans and available right here on SouthamptonDelivery.com. My name is Matt Marks and I am the host of the show. And no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thanks for making the show part of your day. I hope you enjoy it. And first off, announcement, if you haven't heard, Saints are officially safe. We will have Premier League football next season. And we largely have Ralph Hasanoodle to thank for. It. And I think when I say largely, that's, a, that's an understatement. And we'll get a chance to talk about that with this week's guest, Jake Hughes, who is the editor of St. Mary's Musings. You can get a hold of him on Twitter at JJ Hughes underscore. And you can find St. Mary's Musings at St. Mary's Musings on Twitter. Uh, the links to the website are also in the show notes. And uh, it is partnered with SB Nation. So um, Jake has been on the show before. Jake was one of the few people that I met. Uh, not one of the few people, one of the, one of the people I met when I went over to the UK. And so we'll talk all about that. We'll talk about life. We'll talk about saints. We'll have a, a really good time because that's what we did. We talked for over two hours. Um, so I've cut that down quite a bit here. It is still quite a lengthy episode though. You will see um, if you look down at the, at the time of the episode, but um, anyway, we had a really, really good time. Um, perhaps too good. Uh, Jake was really honest with a lot of things and that is really what makes it for a good episode. In my opinion, um, I think you get to hear, kind of the, how you, how you manage, how you balance everything that you try to do in your life. And, um, I'm right there with him. So, um, we left some of it in, we took some of it out, um, just, you know, because we thought it was the right thing to, to do. So anyway, um, before we get to that though, uh, probably bigger news, Ali is, um, now when you're listening to this, if you're listening to it on release day in the midst of day two of the iron Fran and uh, we wish him nothing but the best. Uh, an Ironman triathlon, just uh, looking at it hurts me, uh, let alone actually doing it. Uh, anybody who does, I, I know Adam Leach does some long distance ultra endurance type stuff. And I just think that is uh, that is next level dedication. And we wish him nothing but the best. And if you want to donate, the link is in the show notes. You can help support him. He's reaching for 1 million pounds for cancer research. So um, if you can help at all, that would be great do that but um that does it for the announcements other than i'd like to say i don't know if my wife is listening but it is her birthday today so happy birthday i love you um yeah so uh let's get to my conversation with jake hughes uh once again you can find him on twitter at jj hughes underscore and uh st mary's musings is at st mary's musings talk to you on the other side thanks for listening hope you enjoy the show I'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Jake Hughes. You can find him on Twitter at JJ Hughes underscore. You can get more from him at St. Mary's Musings. Jake, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for joining uh, me again and uh, 
better circumstances than I think the last time I saw you in person, which was uh, West Himalaya <laughs> last year. And uh, well, welcome back. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, that last time, well, the only time we've seen each other, um, yeah, was before West Ham away last season. Um, I believe, I think it was, no, it was the day after my birthday. Um, I was quite intoxicated by the time you saw me. And, um, but it was the calm before the storm, which was a 3-0 loss. Um, so I, I do apologise on behalf of Southampton Football Club for such an awful game. Um, hopefully next week, even though there aren't any permutations anymore, hopefully um, we'll have a slightly better performance at the very least. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you don't have to apologise to me, man. I had a great time. Um, I met a bunch of people. you remember much of it? <laughs> um, ish, but only because I listened back to the show that uh, Freddie and I did uh, yeah. after that with, with the guys in the pub. And that was a... You know, we went into the pub before and we told everybody what we we're going to do. And, and we had asked if Freddie had checked in before and they said, yeah, it's totally fine. We did it. And the people that were working at the bar were just like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? You know, why do you, what, what's all this crap? And I was just like, look, we're just going to keep drinking. Like, we'll be okay. Like, we'll get yeah. it. And, they, and then they were eventually fine with it. As long as we weren't asking people about their bar, I think they were okay. Um, so, so, hey, but I think, I think you made a good impression. I I mean. I, I ran into a lot of people that day who were more pissed off than you. So at least you were having a good time. <laughs> well, it, I don't know if you recall. It was actually before the game. So that's true. At that point. Yeah. Although things weren't going our way anyway around then. Um, but yeah, it was before the game. I actually remember um, I went down uh, at half time, before half time, which I never do. Uh, to be honest, like, I'm, I'm not one to. I never get any food at the stadium. I don't really buy overpriced beer at the stadium or anything like that if i were to drink it'll be before the game and after i actually went down um because i drank so much before the game i, I needed to go to the toilet um but uh so i stayed down there um just sort of watch the rest of the game wait for people to come down and i'd go up when it's a bit more quiet um but i saw um probably about 20 saints fans all smoking in the concourse which is um obviously not allowed um, and I'd bought some cigarettes being drunk and, uh, I asked, oh, like, I, I knew the answer really, but I asked, oh, why are you smoking? Are we allowed to smoke? Um, and the same, a Saints fan I asked, uh, replied, well, I don't care if I get kicked out, um, <laughs> because the game was that bad. I think people just started smoking in the hopes that, uh, stewards or police would sort of do their job for them make them leave so uh yeah because you don't want to be the guy who leaves yeah exactly so if you've got an excuse to if you're you're told to leave then <laughs> you're you know, forced to leave yeah exactly um it's, it's really weird so i actually joined in and smoked with them <laughs> and uh unfortunately no one told me to leave um but uh yeah the, the game didn't get any any better and uh so I, I hate to say it's the earliest i've ever left a match um we left on about 80 minutes which i did feel very guilty about but um uh, I was pretty far gone, so yeah. it was probably for the best side that I left a bit early. At that point, we stayed. Freddie had to do the, uh, you know, the the fan cam thing afterwards. Yeah, uh, I had to send in something. Which I, I've been a victim of. If Freddie is listening, um, he stuck a camera in my face immediately as soon as I left the Amex Stadium last season. <laughs> it was as if he he knew I was. He was like a, a predator waiting for his prey. He just pounced out of nowhere. I think I had about two seconds of uh, advance warning. Hopefully I pulled off a, a good enough competent job to try and explain my feelings. But yes, um, I have been, I have fell 
that fell foul to uh, um, <laughs> Freddie. It's he's pretty good at that, I think. Um, he is, yeah. He's got a way about him. We wound up getting separated. I had to go send in a video to the Premier League TV uh, fan zone show. And so I had to go do that and he went to go do that. And I got kind of, I had to get away from the stadium so I could send it in cause it wouldn't, it wouldn't yeah. like load. Um, and so I walked kind of far away and apparently I walked past a, a point of no return. And so I'm like, my friend is right there. He's the guy with the microphone and the camera. He's talking to people like I need to get to them. And they're just like, sorry, you can't come back. You have to go all the way around and wait. And I'm just like, so I'm like <laughs> trying to call Freddie then who's obviously trying to record. It was a mess, but uh, he found me, <laughs> got me back to safety. Um, yeah. and then the rest of the vacation, uh, it got, it got better from there, I think. Cause, uh, you know, we didn't lose again while I was, <laughs> I was over there, yeah. but well, thanks for that. I'm, we can, um, credit you for that. Yeah. Oh, something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, anything, anything new going on with you other than, other than, you know, the team is, is safe, which is fantastic. Yeah. And, and that is a big deal. Um, obviously since we last spoke, uh, Ralph's taken over and I, I, I tweeted yesterday he should be given keys to Southampton. Um, I think what he's done has been absolutely incredible. But I'm still not convinced on half the squad. Um, but I think he's done an absolutely brilliant job. Even if um, we have uh, you know, let some points slip uh, later on in a few games, well, the last two, um, I think he's done a miraculous job almost. Um you see all the sort of points comparisons between Hughes and Arsenal always chalk and cheese. I think if if it was Ralph Kruger behind the the uh, Arsenal appointment, I think um, we should be thanking Kruger, which I never thought I'd say to be honest. But um, yeah, he's he's done a brilliant job. And I'm, when when I heard we were linked with him, linked with signing Arsenal, I I don't know if you recall, maybe season two seasons ago, we were there were these terrible rumors which are so far off the mark, it's unreal. And we were being linked to Thomas Tuchel, right. who obviously now manages PSG, just left Dortmund. And a deluded subsection of Saints fans were seemed convinced that Tuchel was gonna take over at Saints, um, which obviously never happened. I thought exactly the same of the Harson Hootle rumors. Never in my wildest dreams I thought he'd take over at Saints, let alone when we were battling relegation. And um, yeah, some for some reason he he did decide to sign up, and um, he's done a brilliant job. And and he's I think he's totally reinvigorated um, not only the squad but the fan base. We we adore him. I just hope um, he sticks around a while longer than the the rest of the managers we've had lately. Your question was. More than just football. Um, I've uh, I've got a house. I've, got, I've bought a house, which is a big deal. Congratulations! And um, so I, st- I also started a new job two days before moving into the house. So beginning of January was a, was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah, lot lots going on, and I'm and I'm still freelancing as ever for yeah. both uh, mixed martial arts and for Saint Mary's Musings. Awesome. Uh, home ownership brings its own kind of glory to it and, and a, a lot of other things. Well, I'm trying, yeah. trying to be positive ish. Um, yeah. I spent, uh, the, the people that owned our house before, um, did a lot of home improvements themselves. We will mm-hmm. say that. Uh, and they, do they, uh, do they have very particular taste. 
Well, I would say that their taste was more like watch one YouTube video and then think you can do anything. Um, <laughs> That's the best kind of taste. I mean, I'm I'm also guilty of it, so I can't say yeah. too much. Like I, I, but they uh, they they poured a fence post. I had to put up a new fence because it was just falling over. It was just a, a mess, and um, we'd had some a lot of rain, and the wood was so old that it just kind of absorbed all the water, and it was so heavy that it was just kind of it was pulling things over. It wasn't great. Um, so I had to replace the fence and I, I did it on spring break, but I got all the posts out. No big deal except for one because they poured a three and a half foot deep, uh, two and a half foot wide by two foot wide hole. And they filled it completely full of concrete. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I had to go get a jackhammer and I just spent like two, two and a half hours with, with a jackhammer. Just my kids are like, the house is shaking. I'm like, I have to get this out. My hands, like as of right now, I can just, this was, this was Thursday when I did it. And I can just now like start to like close my hands all the way, like just ridiculous. And you know, if I was renting, not my problem, you know, that's somebody else's problem, but uh, no, we bought the house. You, you do this. This is, and it's, it's great. I mean, I'm very proud of myself. The fence that was up. It's, is it perfect? No. Cause I watched one YouTube video and thought I could do it, but like, it's a, it, you know, I'm pretty proud of it. every time I go through the gate. It works. It's nice. It's but uh, my hands still hurt. So, so I'm trying to work out the logic behind the just pouring concrete into a wide hole. Was it for one fence post? One fence post. It was the one that the gate was attached to. So I think that's that was their thing. And I think they just messed up when they dug the hole because they just dug too big of a hole. You're supposed to use a post hole digger. That's what they're for. I'm not. A, I'm not an expert, but I think that's yeah. uh, that's what. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they make them for um yeah it well it sounds about right um so I, i'm not gonna lie my i've moved into a new build house so no previous owners um any mistakes we make are very much our own um so no one else can be blamed i've i'll send you a picture of this actually i've got so whenever wherever i go whether it's in europe or wherever wherever i go on holiday i try to pick up local football memorabilia okay i've got a couple of scarves from uh my weirdest place is Reykjavik i managed to find two football clubs there mm. so i've got a wall it's like a scarf wall with all the, the mementos i've put, picked up over the years uh, i've basically got towel rails up to hang up these scarves yeah and um i've managed to but absolutely butcher one part of the wall uh <laughs> where i've just i guess taken my eye off my uh my um my screwdriver i guess and uh i've just absolutely torn this plasterboard to pieces um thankfully the scarves cover it up um but at some point i will need to fill uh the messes i've made on this wall um i'll send you a picture it'll look very pretty but underneath it's uh it's an absolute stain yeah send, uh, send, send it over and i'll uh I'll use it <laughs> as the background for this uh for the artwork yeah yeah why not there's um so I do have uh, some Saints scarves. We've got the uh, League Cup final from 2017. I've actually, the only half and half scarf I've ever bought was when I went to Vitesse Arnhem away. Um, at that point, I thought that was our only hope in hell of ever being in Europe. So I've got a scarf yeah. from there. So yeah, at least you'll have some sort of Saints related um, scarf up there. I have I have two scarves from the Premier League in uh in USA that sent me in. And then I have one that a, a listener sent over. Um, okay. Those are the only two. And it's never cold enough for me to wear a scarf here. So I don't. Ever... <laughs> yeah. Well, 
I would say I feel sorry for you, but then you live in California, so you've kind of you're just gonna have to deal with it, or just wear it. Yeah, I'm wearing I'm wearing uh, shorts, no socks. Uh, <laughs> the heater's not on. It's uh, it was a little wet this morning. I was a little disappointed when I went and ran. It was uh, oh, poor you. Yeah, it was a little, you know, not enough to like. It wasn't raining, but it, I had to step <laughs> over a puddle once. Oh, um, <laughs> rough life. Um, yeah, I don't, know. I don't know how you you've coped with it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, enough to ruin a day in California, I'm sure. It is. And, you know, it's this place is beautiful. I can't I can't complain at all. I can't even make jokes about how bad it is, so it, it <laughs> just doesn't work. Um but yeah, I mean, so so life sounds like it's going pretty well, just busy. Um uh, which is Yeah, definitely that. There's nothing wrong with that though. That's good. Um and then St. Mary's Musings is 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 there and you guys got you know, a few articles coming out and, and match reports and injury news and, and things like that going on. So <laughs> yeah. Injury news. Um, <laughs> you, you bastard, Matthew. Right. I can cut uh, that out. Don't worry. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Keep it in. It's funny. Um, yeah, no. So, uh, I don't know. St. Mary's Musings, like it's very much always been a passion project. Um, yeah, I just struggling to find a lot of time to really, um, sort of, make it the site I want it to be. But so yes, uh, in reference to injury news, I've fallen into the, um, SEO trap. Um, but it's something I want to get out of. Um, it's very much a, t- a case of, um, I need to really sort of refocus, but we do have some great, uh, content coming out specifically from Tom Williams, uh, AKA at Shirley Mush on Twitter is absolutely brilliant. Um, and what he writes, we've also had, a, an article from Lucy Heiner who, is a brilliant writer and um, has her own following on, on social media as well. And she's been a great help. Um, so yeah, hopefully more, more features. Um, the site has always been positioned as quite an opinionated site, but hopefully, a, you know, a well-informed opinionated website. Um, so yeah, I, I want to sort of direct it back to that. Unfortunately, um, the, the summer transfer window is coming up, so I can guarantee just like with every other Southampton website, it's going to be full of transfer news and rumors and everything else like that to try and get as many clicks as possible. Unfortunately, that's just the way the world is. Um, I'm not sure if uh, other website owners will be as as honest as I am with that. Um, but hopefully, I can. Hopefully, we can sort of create a format which is more interesting than just sort of reading the old rehashed newspaper rumors. Yeah, yeah, it's. You know, if if your only source for anything is always like the Daily Mail or uh, uh, I think that's I think that I won't even mention some of the other ones, but like, you know, some of these things, they just are, are conjured out of nothing. And if there's some yeah. fact there, like it's always interesting to read that stuff. And it, when, it, when you read it and it's just like, there's no way this is happening or, you know, right. 10 players Southampton must sign. Like, I don't want to read that. But, you know, some people believe, do. believe it or not. I used to write for the Daily Mail um, quite a long time ago. Um which like the Daily Mail is absolute mud in the UK um, to most people. I don't, I'm not sure if you're aware. Um, it's like seen as uh, quite a right wing publication. Hmm. Um, thankfully, I was writing for them in a sports sense. I was actually writing about um, MLS uh, for a world football column, which I sort of did for uh, I think about about a year. It's a sort of uh, university work experience. Um, so yes, I uh, I'm not sure how fo- close do you follow MLS, but um, 
I, I did follow it very closely for a number of years and my interest probably isn't as big as it was just because I do so many other things now. Um, but yeah, uh, I used to be a, an MLS writer. I did, I did not know that. And that's, that's, uh, yeah. it's interesting. It's MLS is a weird, a weird thing. I don't understand, uh, you know, U S soccer federation and MLS. There's always, there's always stuff going on and there are people that I follow on Twitter that are very much into it. And, and very quickly yeah. it goes from, Oh, this makes sense to, I have no idea what's happening. Um, <laughs> and so I, I try to stay up with them and, uh, I have people I can ask questions to, uh, Stephen Brandt is one of the patrons of the show and he's, so somebody I can go to and he'll give me a real honest opinion, uh, which, yeah. is, which is nice. And, um, so yeah, so we, we I, I keep up that way, I guess. Uh, yeah. and I, and I do watch the dynamo as, as often as possible. Um, they're, they're oh yeah, a, right. Yeah, of course. You're, yeah. you're, you also follow the Astros, right? That's right. That's right. So, yeah. it's, I remember you said before. As 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 of this moment, like sporting life is okay. Like Astros are playing yeah. well, Dynamo are playing well, Saints are safe. Like it, I, yeah. my life is pretty good. My daughter's team won yesterday, and she uh, was very been working on her being aggressive, and uh, she was very aggressive. <laughs> um, perhaps a little bit too much. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, that was definitely my my uh problem as a footballer at eight years old but with um north american football i'm very interested in s- to see how the canadian premier league um takes off i'm not sure how aware you are of that i've, I've heard rumors I, I i don't i don't know how it's gonna all go it's uh yeah especially because they do have several mls teams that are you know they're they're pretty prominent in terms of mm. rivalries and things like that uh, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how those, those work out and and what happens, but yeah. uh, I don't know. So of course, Canada will be in a, in a world cup, um, as they are co- co-hosting with the U S and, um, Mexico. Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. That should be interesting. But, um, if you were to ever find, I don't want people to search for it. I've kind of, uh, outed myself now with, uh, my MLS journalism as a teenager, but you'll see terrible articles such as uh championing breck shea as like the next big thing or one agudelo being the next thierry Henry when he was at new york red bull <laughs> um, you know classic stuff which uh tends to haunt writers um so if anyone finds that stuff feel free to send it my way and you can laugh at my expense if you really want i think this is great <laughs> I'm an open book. Yeah, yeah. This is this is awesome. This is uh we were talking about the Mark Marin podcast off air and like yeah. this is this we're getting closer and closer to uh <laughs> <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> um I won't ask you to disclose anything else, uh just because yeah, who knows? Oh, I I've got a story. Not necessarily just from football either MMA. Oh. But um yes, we'll we'll leave that for another podcast, maybe. Yeah. Maybe you should uh round up all of the uh wannabe Saints journals. And, um, yeah, ask a, have a format just to humiliate us all. Just, just your worst story ever. I'll just, I'll just go <laughs> searching for, for stuff and I'll, I'll just pull it up and just ask you yeah. what you were thinking, what you were thinking when you wrote, uh, <laughs> when you wrote this, do you, do you remember this headline or I'll, we'll yeah. just play a game. Like, is this your headline or not? Yeah, just put it. It'll be totally out of left field. Oh, this will be great. Um, yeah, no, you should definitely do that. Uh, One thing that was published on my site, although I didn't write it, St. Mary's Musings. Uh, I'm sure I, I must have mentioned to you uh, on your podcast before, but um, I actually allowed the publication of an article, which was basically how the writer 
his name's Paul, he uh, wanted Saints to lose to Leicester so they would win the Premier League. I do remember um, this. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was, I was <laughs> out in London that day, um, and my phone just blew up, and I was like, oh, <laughs> the Leicester article's come out. And, um, God, there's so much abuse. And there was a few people who, was, who were working on the website at the time. Uh, I, think, um, I think Connor Armstrong was still helping out with the site then, and he was, he was uh, finding it all very amusing. But, yeah, um, we copped a lot of heat. Um, but that was just me standing by the fact that I, I care about interesting content rather than um, you know, just rehash news. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. that's just the way of the world that you do have to write about that stuff as well now. Um, but yeah, oh my God, that was, uh, that was an interesting Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Well, I, I was listening to, uh, you know, you, you got to keep the lights on at some point, right? And then yeah, when, course, once the lights yeah. are on and there's, there's enough there to do that, then you get to, to have a little bit more freedom. So I, I totally, totally get it. Yeah. It's a, it's a numbers game as well. Like, um, you find a lot of the, the companies behind websites want you to post a certain amount, um, each month, each week, whatever. Um, you just have to do what you can really to meet that. You can't, if you're, if you're working a full-time job, you're also um, freelancing in the mixed martial arts world and you've also got a Southampton website to try and prop up. Like You can't really focus uh, on writing five feature articles a week. It's just not, never happening. Right, right. <laughs> and, I, and, I don't, and I don't apologize for that. No, you should, I don't think you should. I don't think you should. Um, but let's, Let's transition into uh, into Bournemouth yesterday because Bournemouth, you know, I want to say it was was it seventeen uh, trips to St Mary's without a win, something like that. Uh, I think is the number. I could be wrong. Um, and uh, the lineup comes out yesterday, and I I think there were you know uh, there were some injuries that we knew about uh, in terms of Vestergaard yep. and, and things like that, and Bertrand was a doubt, and uh, other people had been ill. Valerie was back though, so. It was all kind of there, but uh, that back line came out. It's it's clearly a back four. Um, were you yeah. were you worried at all with with that? <laughs> I was. Um, on the other hand, the fact that Ings, Long, and Redmond were announced to start made me think, oh, we're go- we're going to take the game to Bournemouth, and um, it proved to be the case, especially for the first twenty or so minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was I was definitely concerned. Um, I don't know whether. Ralph was playing the sort of modern manager game of saying certain players would be out injured, but, um, you know, he, he was going to play them anyway. Or if, uh, you know, both Valerie and Bertrand pass sort of late, late fis- fitness tests. Um, I believe uh, Long and um, Stuart Armstrong were also listed as doubts and um, they, they both played. Um, but yeah, I, I hate, I, I'm definitely not one to sort of jump down the throat of a player and, you know, abuse players from the stands or anything like that. But when I saw Jack Stevens was going to be part of the back four, I, I was concerned. Um, I think uh, those concerns were shared and also founded. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, when I looked at it, it, you know, my initial reaction was just like, what is, what is going on? And then you look <laughs> at the bench and you go, well, like, you know, Yoshida's out, um, mm-hmm. Vestergaard's out. That's it. And then to me, and I don't know if this is a proper place to talk about it or not. To me, it just showed very quickly how kind of threadbare the squad is. Like we we don't yeah, have sure. depth there. And so when we talk about I mean, we got a lot of players on the wage bill, but not a lot of players that are gonna fill me with confidence being put either on the bench or in the starting lineup there. So 
there's definitely work to be done over the summer. Um, and, and I, I just always think we've looked a lot more vulnerable with the back four this season. Um, it, just in general. And so I, I was a little bit worried, but the, the, the opening 20 minutes of the match, like you, like you pointed out were, were great. I mean, the entire match was just a, a joy to watch from just, a I like action and, and things moving around and people, you know, all of a sudden here's a break and there's a break and that header from Matt target, all of it was just, was just insane. So, um, I do wish we would have won, but, but ultimately we're safe and, and that's the way it goes. But, um, I thought the team started well. I thought the the tempo was there, but like, what was the the mood in the stadium kind of before before it all kicked off? Were people confident despite the lineup or given the lineup, or, or what was your kind of take from uh, everybody else uh, just around you in the stadium? So I'll, I'll be totally honest. I am uh, thanks largely thanks to my dad. Um, we are the kind of fans that turn up pretty much right on kickoff. Um, but from the team announcements in the pub I was in, it was very much a case of. I don't know. I think fans are, are quite trusting of Ralph Hasenhutl, uh, I think deservedly so. Um, I think it's, I think our Saints are just quite unpredictable, aren't they? Um, and I think even with the announced lineup and uh, Bournemouth are similarly unpredictable, poor at the back, uh, but dangerous going forward. Mm-hmm. I, I guess now you can actually say Saints are the same. Whereas before we were poor at the back and all going forward. Um, so it's definitely an improvement on that front. Yeah, I think it was more of um, an air of, you know, no one really knew what to expect. And um, I think the game very much lived up to that. I I was really, really kind of just taken with the fact that the Saints just poured the early pressure on. And we've seen Saints do that before, even under Hughes a little bit, where there was some pressure, but it was like five or six minutes and nothing, like no no clear opportunity really came from it. And then that was it. And then we were done if we didn't score in that, in that, in that time. Yeah. But I mean, Bournemouth were on their, on their heels there for, for, I want to say the first 20 minutes or so. And, yeah. you know, we, we did manage to get the goal and, and a couple of things that I noticed, uh, Ings played that ball for Redmond last week, uh, where Redmond kind of yeah. made that diagonal run in behind the center backs off the shoulder of the fullback. And Ings just kind of played that ball in and he was in Redmond was able to dink it over. I think he tried that twice yesterday early on. And the keeper denied him both times, or maybe he went wide once or something. But that that dynamic, we didn't have that. It was uh, we didn't have that before. And so, like to see us do that, and to see the, the intelligence of the movement of of our players, I think is uh, I think it's really exciting because I think it means that that the improvements are happening. Um, you know, even if even if the scoreline says three three at the end of the day, like those are th- those are goals that you know we we have to be in positions to score. And uh, obviously we have to do the defensive stuff, but I think that's easier to coach than uh, maybe the making the intelligent run off the ball. Cause that's not, you know, it's not always, uh, I don't know. It's not always easy to show that unless you can find an example of it and say, yeah, I want you to do that. You know? Yeah. Well, off, off the ball running, I, I think is, is one of those uncoachable traits. You either have the natural instinct and the, the partner to deliver the right ball or, or spot the run or you don't. Um, yeah, I think you're totally right. We we looked very dangerous the first 20 minutes. Um, before Long's goal, um, it was very much a case of, you know, we had we were applying all this pressure, but if you, you'd be concerned if um, Southampton didn't get a goal from that, because how many times have we seen, you know, Saints have, have the better of uh, a team in, in the first half or, you know, first portion of the game, only to sort of 
um, you know, concede a sloppy goal, and then we're, you know, then we're desperate uh, for a goal, and, and the attacks don't flow quite as well. Um, thankfully, Long did score, but um, he also missed an absolute sitter, which is one of the worst I've seen in a long time at St Mary's, um, where I believe he he hit the post on a rebound. He had so much time to compose himself just to. You know, put the ball past Artur Boric, who was on the floor. Um, yeah, I mean, if that was made 2-0, and that was within the first 20 minutes, if that was 2-0, it's a totally different game, where maybe we can focus on defending more, rather than we're chasing the game, um, getting countered and everything else. That, I mean, I think I just wrote in my notes, like, that's more like it from Long, that that's that's kind of what we've come to expect from him, which is, I don't, I know I mean that in like the nicest possible way. Like that, that is, that was the kind of form he was in for so long where he could not score period. And yeah. here he's gone. I think, I think it's four goals in five games or something like that. It could be, it could be slightly off there, but he's scored some brilliant goals, some kind of intelligent goals, some, some, you know, the, the, I, I thought that the, the goal he scored against, against Watford to open the game, that's mm. that's his that's what he does all the time close people down 99% of the time it comes to nothing but it the ball fell for him and then he he did what we don't don't expect from him which is a nice controlled finish you know um sets yeah. the keeper down chips it over him that's it um he he scored with like that little flick uh kind of just 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 helped it on into the goal i think early on yesterday and then and then he comes up to this one where it's like dude all you got to do is you got to pass it in the net like like you and I, yeah. that'll happen to us playing five aside or, or whatever. And when somebody misses that, you want to kick your own teammate and then he does it and then he hits the post and it's just like, Oh my God, like, like this is, this is where we need you just to go, just to be like a little bit more composed. You know, those are, those are the, those are the chances that Manchester city don't miss, you know? Um, yeah. but, uh, it's okay. It's at the end of the day, it, it you almost have to laugh at that point because he scored some, oh. well, he shouldn't, he shouldn't score anyway. Yeah, well, it was like that. So when he missed that, um, because I, I'm in the in the northern end, sort of directly behind that goal, um, he he was laughing. I, I don't think he could believe it either. And and because, I guess because he had already scored that game, and and for him, he's on an unbelievable goal scoring run. Uh, it's definitely his best run since Cooman's uh, first season. Um, he. Yeah, I think because he'd already scored, uh, Saints fans they weren't they weren't angry. I think it was more disbelief, sort of mixed in with laughing. Just yeah. like, bloody, yeah, how do you miss that? But he 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 was exactly the same. Um, apart from like a little shake in the head, he, I don't think he just couldn't believe that what he'd just done. Um, but as you say, it's kind of you don't want to sound too harsh, but it's it's. Kind of what you expect from Shane Long. Um, so after he's already scored, I think we'll let him off that one. Yeah. Um, I'm just glad. I'm glad that he's getting more respect from Saints fans. So I think um, I said early on when Harson Hoot will kind of. Um, so I knew what what kind of football uh, Harson Hoot will like to play with with Leipzig, um, but I was unsure how or or what um, kind of football he would, he would try and play with Saints and if he were to you know try and implement a pressing style I don't know how he would have been able to achieve that with these players and obviously he has um, 
And when I saw his plan at Star, I thought Long would be absolutely perfect for him, even if um, even if he isn't a, a prolific goal scorer. He just works so hard. Um, he's quick as well, obviously. Um, and the fact that he's now scoring goals, I really do hope um, you know next season he's he's around to you know show more what he can do. If it doesn't work out, his contract does expire in the summer. But I hope um, I'm really happy for him. And I'm, I hope Saints fans have you know for for a long time Saints fans were incredulous if Long was in the first team ahead of Gabbiadini as an example. Uh, I hope Saints fans sort of um, appreciate the kind of work Long can put in now, um, because he was brilliant under that under Kuman for that half a season. Um, unfortunately, he was displaced by other players or, or suffered with injury after that. Um, I, I hope he has a you know he continues his run and uh, gets his shot over the summer and into next season. Yeah, and I think one thing about when he played in Akuman too is that we played a different system then, but he often played yeah. out wide. Um, yeah, and and, and I, I thought maybe he could do that under Ralph as well. Um, yeah. Well, just just let him run off of someone, you know, let him run off of Ings. Yeah, is, granted, it's not the same as running off of Pella, but like let him run off of Ings and, and allow, because Ings likes to drop deep. And sometimes that's great because he plays those balls for Redmond, like we, we pointed out. But at the, at other points you lose that, that kind of focal point because all of a sudden you just have a really packed midfield and a guy who's basically has to, to turn and distribute it either back to Hoiberg or Romeo or out to a fullback. And sometimes you just need a forward making that, that run in behind to, to give the defense something to worry about, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, and no matter how, bad his goal scoring record has been over the last few seasons Shane Long still absolutely terrifies defenders if he is running at a defender they are, you know you're not seeing a Virgil van Dyke style standing up to them or anything like that they are in retreat uh, because they know he he has more energy than any centre half he's quicker than most fullbacks his technique's not all there but you know he's laid on some nice assists as well this season under under Ralph, um, yeah. including the uh, the Ings header, no Charlie Austin header, sorry against Arsenal, the winner. He's, he's more on. It really was. Uh, uh, I'd like to think he meant exactly uh, what he did. Um, <laughs> it went in, so uh, it's not a problem. But he he absolutely terrifies defenders, and I think that's such a useful commodity. No matter how you know, how good his finishing is. He he creates chances even just by by running or making a, a decoy run. You'll, you'll have defenders trying to track him because they're, they're scared he's going to get in behind. So um, I think he's a really useful asset, even if he doesn't score as much as he should. Um, I think he, he shouldn't be underestimated in you know, how big a part he he can play for Saints. Yeah, I mean, and I've been overall really impressed with him. And granted, he's been on a... a, a a ridiculous run recently, but he's, I mean, currently third, tied for third with Redmond for goals scored in the Premier League this season with five, which is not a huge number, but that's <laughs> no, that's that's what it is. Um, that's definitely more indicative of Saints than uh, any of those players. But even, I mean, even Danny Ings is uh, is only on seven, and that's, you know, that's not great. Um, we need we need nope. a little more from uh, from from them, but 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 we'll. You know that's what the summer's for. I think so. We'll we'll get there. But um, I, I did certainly wanna, hope so. <laughs> yeah, seriously, I did want to uh, quickly point out the the counterattack from 
Bournemouth. And I understand, like, I didn't want to see it happen against us. But, like, that's one of those ones where you see that happen. And, you know, we had maybe one too many players committed forward. And when they broke, it was, I want to say by the second pass, once as soon as they got it out of their own penalty area, I just kind of went like, oh, no. And then you could just see it kind of unfolding. And I thought, it was, I mean, it was lethal was the way I would describe it. it was, there was no, there's very little anybody could do about that. And the, the, sh- the shot itself was great. Um, Gosling, the goal scorer, had to go off uh, shortly after that. And I thought once he went off and Fraser came on, I thought that's when the game kind of changed. I thought that maybe Howe gets a little fortunate in having to pull him off there uh, to be able to put Fraser on because Fraser really, I think, changed the game for them. Um, and we struggled after that to kind of uh, get get back on top, and they eventually go up two one, and that's how the half ends. Um, it was an entertaining half, but uh, not necessarily the way you would want to, uh, to to end it if you were Saints who need a win to guarantee safety. Yeah, um, I totally agree. So it was actually uh, so Gosling actually came off in the second half. Oh, it was um, it was their center half, Mepham. Oh, that's right, that's right, yeah. that's right. He. Yeah, you're right. He was awful. He was. (laughs) He was. He was so bad. But that that tactical shift because they um, well they were playing three at the back to begin with, and obviously went to a back four. I I don't know why they didn't start with Fraser because you're you're totally right. He absolutely changed the game. The counter attack was just yeah. I mean we we got sliced apart really, and um, from where I was in the stadium, um. I mean, almost directly behind uh, the goal. It, it looked like the uh, the finish from Gosling was very much the middle of the goal, and you'd, you'd like to think um, Gunn could have saved it. But then I, I've since watched the replay, and fair play. I mean, Gunn did spread himself. It's just uh, too sort of powerful a finish from that kind of range. Um, but yeah, we as soon as that change was made, they we just I don't think it was from our our doing or our choice. I think we just got overwhelmed in, in, um, you know, we just didn't, I think maybe because we were playing with a back four for the first time in a, in a long time. Um, yeah, we just struggled to contain them. I think Fraser absolutely changed the game. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember Mepham having to, uh, on TV, at least having to basically be hugged by the coach because <laughs> you're being pulled off in the 23rd minute or whatever it is. Like nobody wants that. That's, that's embarrassing. No. And I believe I believe we were um, Southampton were linked with signing him as well. Really? Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it wasn't a great performance. He he just uh, he couldn't seem to pass the ball five yards. No, he no, was giving it. the ball away, and yeah, I, and I think maybe um, maybe that was a weakness we were targeting. Who knows? But um, yeah, obviously got hauled off very early, um, which isn't a a great sign for a player's performance and hopefully from a person, I hope that he can sort of pick himself up after that. But yeah, yeah um, it's proved to be the right decision from Eddie Howe. So you can't argue against it. Yeah. And, and I think that was the first time they had really had any a possession inside of our penalty area. You know, the, the action had all been yeah. at the other end and yeah. sure enough, it's one or two touches and, and it's, it's tied up. And then at that point it's, that that's where the, the Saints team needs to. It, before that, we would have just said, "Well, this is basically it. This is where we cave. This is this is the end of the road." But yeah. that they were they were beyond kind of up for it, and they fought their way back into it, and they got to halftime down two one, 
but uh, they were able to pick themselves up and, and continue to go into the second half. And you mentioned, you know, Gunn's potential culpability that uh, for the first goal, which uh, I think we you, you said you, you watched the replay. It's it's not not really his fault. Um, yeah. But uh, the second goal, I, I had put a tweet out that it was poor from our defense just to not be there to clean it up, kind of on our heels and stuff when he makes the yeah. save. And uh, and Lucy uh, said, you know, I kind of think he's guns got to do better there to to push it away uh, to one side or the other. Uh, it was deflected, but from I mean, from from your perspective, what uh, what do you think of that? Is is he on? Is he to blame there at all? I'm not I'm not absolving him completely. I think, but uh, yeah. I think we've seen that with other goalkeepers where they make a save and our defense just stands there while the other team puts it in the back of the net. Yeah. So with with Gun, it, it's clear he saw saw the shot late, so he he did very well to save it um, because that is like a pure reactionary save and to get. Uh, to get down that low. It was a powerful low drive to get down that low that quickly when you haven't seen it travel all the way is, you know, that was good. But if he can get low and make the save, he should also be able to push it out, um, you know, not in front of him, but out. Um, so I, I'm, I'm kind of mixed on it. I, I think he did well to save the shot initially. Bear in mind, he didn't have any sight of it until the last minute. But... The fact that he did get low enough to make the save, I, I feel like he, he should have done better. Um, but you're right. I think, um, once again, Saints defense switched off. I think, uh, and I hate to criticize this guy, but I believe it was Jan Bednarek who was, um, you know, slow in, in responding um, to the rebound. And, um, yeah, unfortunately, we went 2-1 down. It, I think after they, they scored their goal, they just sort of ran the show uh, for the rest of that half. So... You kind of felt a goal was coming. It's just a shame it, it happened in that sort of style. Yeah, and then I mean, coming out of halftime, Ralph opted to make a change, and uh, we saw Bertrand go to basically play the left side of a three, and and bring in Target and move Valerie up to right wing back and Target as as a left wing back, and I think that 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 helped us. I mean, we looked much more comfortable again in that in that formation and Bertrand had done that job. And I remember being really upset when he wasn't um, included in the, in the England world cup squad, because he can play that role. He can, he can play much like Kyle Walker can play the right side of a of back three or as a wing back uh, or as a standard fullback on the right side. Like um, Bertrand can do the same thing. Whereas I, my argument against Danny Rose was that he couldn't do that. Um, but it doesn't matter. That's totally long, agree. that's long, that's <laughs> totally long agree. gone. Um, but obviously it's, I'm still bitter about it. So, uh, <laughs> that's okay. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I was, I was encouraged by the change because it, it, Ralph is not just sitting there letting things happen. He's, he's trying again. And, and I think he's, you mentioned earlier, he's, he's given a lot of credit. Saints fans trust him. Um, I think if Hughes had laid out the lineup that, that, that Hassan Hoodle put out, uh, to, to start the, the, the game didn't matter what the bench was like or anything else. Like people would have been up in arms about it, uh, you know, in an, an overwhelming majority, which I think Hughes earned that he earned that criticism of himself. So, and I think Rob yeah. has earned the the credit that he's gotten as well. Um, yeah, we, we, we got back into it with the JWP goal and, um, it was the seventh of the, of the year. And I think he hit it with his left foot, which is yeah, he did. not normal for him. And, um, <laughs> I honestly didn't think anything. I'm left footed. So when I saw him hit it with his left foot, I was like, Oh, he scored with his left foot. And then it's like, Oh, everybody's, you know, that's not, 
he doesn't do that. You know, most people would try to get it on their, on their, their dominant foot. So, so great. Um, I thought maybe a little soft from, from Bournemouth, but I, I don't care. I think it's, I think it's fantastic that we were level and we were in it. And, uh, I, I didn't really know what to expect because the game was kind of so open and back and forth that I had no idea what was going to happen next. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, and again, with, uh, with Ward Prowse, uh, first of all, with, um, Ward Prowse, I, I've, um, Saved me a long time to. So weirdly, um, weirdly, last season was the first I'd ever really picked up on a lot of Saints fans criticizing Ward Prowse for not doing enough. When I actually thought, he, up until that point, that was his best season for Saints. Um, as before, I, I just always thought he had plenty of tools, but always sort of failed to deliver on them. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think perhaps a lot of Saints fans at the time were. So, you know, willing him on because it's natural for, for you to really want your academy player to to succeed. I think a lot of people overlooked his deficiencies, but he has really, especially since Ralph's taken over, he's really sort of stepped it up a gear. He's a lot more aggressive. He's still, obviously, he can't just develop pace. He, he's definitely um, on the slower side of, of our midfield, but I think he makes up with that with, he seems to be a lot more intelligent defensively now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's definitely a lot more aggressive. And, you know, the fact that he's... Did you say it's his seventh goal of the season? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, and a lot of them through open play, whereas before, you know, you'd have the odd, odd free kick goal or the odd penalty. He is scoring a lot of goals from open play now, which is really positive because for quite a few seasons now, we've really lacked that sort of... Um, uh, you know, midfielders, especially centrally, some, uh, from chipping in with goals. Yeah. Um, if if Warpraws can provide that, um, regardless of you know any sort of transfer dealings in the summer, that's a real positive for us. Um, in terms of him hitting a hitting a, a shot from distance with his left foot, I I thought he'd scuffed it from where I was, and um, <laughs> and but fortunately, uh, Arta Boric is getting on a little bit, so I think he. Uh, struggled to get down so though because I don't think it was um, right in the corner of his goal but um, as you say like, the goal went in even if it was soft from Bournemouth um, yeah 2-2 just the fact that we even showed fight to get back into the game which has been missing for so long since uh, well since Koeman left really yeah um, it's just satisfying the fact that it, you know we ultimately didn't win um, but the fact that we I don't think Arsene Hoot was ever content with not winning a match um, and he will try and make those changes and the fact that the team responded to them uh, them changes was really positive regardless of the end result yeah and and the goal was always for the team to get to safety and, course, and that was stated yeah. and you know job done there the next goal I think is 40 points and I think as we look forward there will be uh, you know the, the, there's still a chance to get to that and I think uh, I've been guilty of looking up the table uh, more than back just because of the way the team has been playing and uh, kind of confident that we would get enough points to, to 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 be safe and then hopefully be able to, I mean, had we won yesterday and just kind of reeled in two or three more teams in the table, I think all of a sudden, you know, you have the opportunity to finish uh, in a much more respectable position than, than uh, probably where we're going to wind up uh, depending on how the last two weeks go. But uh, we can't really stop talking about the game until we talk about uh, Matt Target's first ever goal. Um, <laughs> and, and I think we were talking before we started recording about, about Ings and, 
uh, dropping deep. And I think we may have mentioned on the show, uh, I don't know, we've been talking for like two hours at this point, but, um, <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's hard to remember. much into each other. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, Ings, I think holds the ball up in the penalty area. Uh, maybe it comes out to Ward Prowse who plays it out to Valerie, who, who took one touch and then ran by Nathan Ake, who is a, a good defender and somebody that we all kind of wanted on the team. I think a lot of people were, were calling yeah. for us to sign him, you know? Um, and he's not been mistake free this season. And I just think it's not a, it, it shouldn't be like, and I told you so moment for anybody who didn't want him, but it should definitely be a, every, every player has mistakes in them and every player has opportunities to learn and improve. And just because we missed out on somebody doesn't mean we've made the ultimate wrong decision ever, you know? Um, yeah. that, but that aside, uh, the fact that Valerie took one touch and then just ran by him and got the cross and I thought was beautiful. Um, and then I had no idea where Matt target came from. I had no idea. He was, he wasn't even <laughs> in the television picture when the ball went up. I didn't think, uh, and that header was just beautiful. Yeah. Um, I think, I think Boric did get a hand to it just, but, um, as you say, it was, it was the, per- I love headers that go across goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, the fact that it was, you know, there's far post and there was Matt targets far post. Um, <laughs> the, the fact that I managed to sort of squeeze in and, it, and the, again, like in the stadium, it, it was kind of traveled in slow motion. Um, and from the, my viewpoint, it was hard to sort of see through the crowd of defenders to see if it had gone in until you see the full ripping in the net. Yeah, that was unbelievable. Um, I think, uh, in terms of Nathan Aki, I think you're right. Um, no player is perfect. And, um, you know, if Nathan Ake was perfect, he would certainly wouldn't be playing for Bournemouth. Right. Um, but, uh, a very good point. With, with, with Valerie, I, I actually, um, when he picked up the ball, <laughs> I rarely do this because I'm sat, I'm stood at the other side of, of the stadium. Like, he's not going to hear me. I was like, did the old, uh, sort of coaching in the stands. I was like, first time, you know, across and he totally ignored me and made the right decision so i'm, I'm glad that I, I was as far away from me shot as possible because um but that's the thing like was it a really good cross or did he overhit it and target happened to wind up there see i'm not sure so he he his They're first one touch, and the same really aren't they yeah, yeah his first touch is like probably 20 25 yards 25 yards away from the from the end line i guess a, a mammoth touch yeah and say. he takes it and it goes like halfway down the 18 yard box. And, um, it's, it, it, I don't know. It, it's good. And he puts it in and the ball's loops. And when target heads it, he is on the edge of the six yard box on the other side of the goal. Um, yeah. so he heads and then he heads the ball all the way across goal. And I think, I think if Boric doesn't get a touch, uh, I think the defender clears it, but I don't care. <laughs> That's a very good point. I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think Boric did, ever so slightly just sort of take out the range of uh, that defender on the line. But as you say, couldn't care less. It went in. Um, and obviously at that point it was 3-2. So um, we were all feeling very good about ourselves for a change. What did, what did the stadium do at that point? I mean, I, I think it just everybody just kind of probably erupted. But I mean, what, what was there... Was it anything more than than maybe normal in terms of the celebration that happened? <laughs> um, yes, uh, especially on so where I have my season ticket, um, it's the it's one block away from the away fans, and um, my the row I I stand on 
it's usually overcrowded with people anyway, but uh, for this game, there were people I didn't recognise. There's a guy with a fluorescent sort of yellowy green jacket and uh, kind of shoved a load of us out of the way and disappeared. And it re- I realised he was trying to... Uh, he's either giving Bournemouth fans abuse face-to-face or he was trying to get at them. Um, it, yeah, it, it went nuts. Um, I don't know whether it's because, like... Uh, it was almost like a delayed reaction because, especially from where we were, it was uh, it was so unclear whether the it looked like the ball was at least closer going in, and then uh, obviously it sort of builds up anticipation, and you see it goes, in and then everyone goes nuts. But also, it's the fact that we we came back from two one down to make it three two, and Bournemouth fans were, you know, absolutely loving the fact they were two one up against you know their biggest rivals ever, and in a in their version of a cup final. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so to sort of give it back was, was fun. Um, so yeah, yeah, it, it did erupt, and um, a few people probably did a few things they shouldn't have done. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, that game had a little bit of that at one point actually. In the, I think it was in the first half, maybe after they got their second goal, I looked over. So the away fans to our left. Um, but sort of they're, they're on the same stand as us, so you can't really see them all that clearly. And then there's the uh, the itchin stand, um, you know, connecting to the away fans. And I saw there was like a there like a fight broke out near the directors boxes, which okay. I believe probably was due to some Bournemouth fans being in one of the not directors boxes, sorry, just you know one of the ordinary sort of company boxes. Um, so I assume some Bournemouth fans had tickets up there and maybe celebrated for one of their goals. Um, so yeah, saw some beatings being dished out around there from a distance, which um, <laughs> we don't I'm encourage. Sort of, you weren't you weren't no, doing your no, MMA not job, at all. not at all. But that that is one um, one problem though with Saints, and it usually happens against the bigger teams. You're usually Liverpool or United. Um, a real problem of uh, some reason those box tickets seem to just get bought out by uh, fans of those teams. Mm-hmm. And there seems to regular or, or elsewhere in the stadium. There always seems to be trouble. Yeah, but I don't know what you can really do to sort of police that better, but there should be an improvement because um, you know you might get some uh, you no know, totally inoffensive fans getting caught up in that. So um, it should be looked into for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean. We don't condone violence. Uh, no, that, that's not. It's not great. It's not what the. It's not what the football pitch is for. But uh, yeah, some people. Some people uh, go looking for that, or and sometimes yeah. alcohol. What whatever. It all. It all. It things happen. Hopefully, people learn. Uh, we'll move on. Um, I just have I've written here. You know, at three two down. Um, I just have. Uh, I don't even know. For some reason, Matt's targets goal didn't even make my notes. I think I just tweeted about it. So, uh, whatever. So I it, it just hear that the Bournemouth here uh, realize they can't defend, so they just go full winger and just put all all of the attackers yeah. on. I don't know if you've ever watched uh, any of the Arsenal matches when winger uh, towards the end of the matches would just go like, well, we'll just put all of the attacking players on and let them play. Like, you know, jazz-type football. We'll just let them, let them go create stuff. And they were just... Uh, I was a little worried. And, um, you know, we, we get... we. Armstrong gets caught on the ball. Um, that leads to uh, the third goal, the, the tying goal. Uh, I think Fraser's involved again. Um, and then 
Jack Stevens gives the ball away and Wilson goes clean through and Gunn has to come up with a save. Otherwise we lose that point. Um, that would have been so vital for us. So it's at the end of the day that there were definitely plenty of mistakes in the game that we made. Um, there were definitely things we could have done better. You think about the long chance early on, you think about yep. just, just Armstrong passing the ball. Uh, you, you think about all those things. Um, because I think that Bournemouth capitalized on our mistakes uh, a lot more than, and, and we had to go create chances. And, and um, I think that's good that we did that. And it's, it's also, you can clean up the mistakes and that makes it, uh, I, I think that gives us a chance to, to be a lot better than, than we were yesterday, even even though I thought for the offensively, I thought we were pretty good. Yeah, sure. Um, I totally forgot about that Armstrong mistake. Um, and obviously he tried to uh, make up for it with, uh, by absolutely flying into a tackle, which he missed. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that was, that was, that was really bad. I would have preferred um, he, he connected, uh, not because I, don't, <laughs> I just like Callum Wilson, but uh, it's, I, I, I'll, I'll say that Callum Wilson is, is an impressive looking individual. You know, he, he, he fills out the shirt nicely. Um, uh, he looks like he could probably be an MMA fighter. I wouldn't want to get in there, uh, with, with him. Uh, That'd be terrible. Um, but yeah, Armstrong just completely missed that tackle. It's, uh, wasn't great, but, uh, oh, well, we, we walk out of there. They still haven't won at St. Mary's. So that, Mm -hmm. that, that there's that, um, we get the point we need to be safe and we have two more games to kind of, uh, take steps towards, towards next season. And we are running, um, a little bit short on time, but that's okay. Uh, I just, you know, we have, I have a couple of questions that we could, we could go into. Um, I think yeah, we talked sure. about the Shane long, does Shane long deserve a new contract that came in from Instagram? Um, my kids are yelling at each other, which is fun. That, because they're in support of long getting a new contract. I'm sure I can, I can ask, hold on. Poppy. Does Shane long deserve a new contract? What? Does Shane long deserve a new contract? <laughs> She says yes. <laughs> well, that's done. You don't need to ask me. Sounds, um, sounds good to he, me. He, yeah. I mean, um, I think give him, as long as we keep him at the cup, give him next season to uh, you know, show us what he can do, then yeah, why not? I mean, he's, he's 32 now. He, I, I sort of admire his honesty that he, he said he doesn't think he deserves a contract, but he wants to prove that he does. Um probably proved to himself as well that he can compete at the level still. And, um, you know, was it five and six, five goals in six games, something like that. Yeah, um, something like that. four and five or five it, and six, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, one of the two. Um, it, yeah. Why not? Um, just keep him over the summer. I guarantee he's not one of our, our highest earners. Keep him over the summer. I think Ralph likes him. Um, I think he works well in the system, even if he isn't a, as prolific um, in those six or five games now as, um, you know, for next season. Yeah, give him a chance and um, if he can keep it up, why, why not? Year extension, something like that. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's fair. I, so I have two more things that I want to, uh, to, to ask you. Because um, yeah. I don't think we have time to go through, you know, the entire transfer window and, and what yeah. Saints need to do. Even though I think that we may see and I'm t- I could be totally off base here, but I think what we may see going into West Ham and Huddersfield is you may see guys that maybe don't necessarily have a, a, a claim to, to be around, um, get a chance. Like I imagine if, if, if there's any sort of fitness or injury concern, the guys won't be, te- won't be played, you know, so you could see Kane Ramsey get a chance to, to play right back. You could see Fraser Forrester get a half 
of football since McCarthy is out there. I think those are possibilities, not necessarily, but, but I also, at the same time, I'm not sure Ralph is willing to do that. Like, you know, mm-hmm. Ralph wants to win and you only get three substitutions a game. It's not all of a sudden a friendly where you can do as much as yeah. you want. So, um, it'll be, it'll be interesting because the, the 40 point mark that he set out there still has to be, has to be reached. So, um, we did get, um, we did get a question uh, about that from Chris Nig, which I, on Instagram, um, but we're not going to go into the full transfer window because I think we definitely need some improvement um, there. But uh, Dave Lee, who we'll, is, we'll have a separate separate podcast there. Yeah, that has to be. Yeah, well, we'll the summer is is full. I don't. I can't. I can't give that away right now. Um, <laughs> I got. I got to have something to cover uh, over, yeah. over that portion of the. Uh, uh, of the whatever it is um losing my train of thought but anyway uh so so dave lee who has been a guest on the show and who is a patron of the show and patrons get um priority for having their questions answered each and every week on the show it's one of the benefits uh and he a- asked this question in the private uh group chat that we have that is just for patreons uh, so you can find out more about that at patreon.com slash sfc delivery so he he actually doesn't really ask a question he says maybe worth a chat about on this week's show um he's not a real big fan of this. I don't know if you're looking at the, at the, the outline, but it has like kind of the tier maker where he has players who are like class, good average, below average or, or terrible or need to leave. Um, I don't know if you can see that or not, but I I just, is there anybody in the squad or which players in the squad do you think absolutely have to stay with us? Who, who can't we afford to, to leave, to, to leave or miss out on this, this summer? And, and which players maybe do you think should should go? And we won't deal with the kind of the in betweens, but like either extreme. Okay, right. Um, so I'm I'm looking now at Dave's Dave's uh, tears. Dave didn't oh, do that. He pulled that off Twitter to say no. Yeah. Well, oh, okay. We won't, right. we won't we won't get mad at him for this. <laughs> no, I I I agree with it. Really, um, I think for sure we need to keep um, Jan Bednarek. Hoiberg, uh, I think Redmond needs to stay. Uh, Will Prowse, um, I think Ryan Bertrand as well. For just we need that sort of like ever present. Um, as long as he can stay fit, I think he's looks like he's overcome his injury issues. So uh, I think um, yeah, for sure they they all need to stay. Um, in terms of needs to go, I'm trying to think more in terms of. Uh, to free up funds in the summer, I'm, I'm certain. Even though we sold more players in January, and um, obviously some are on loan, hopefully we can get rid of them in the summer. Um, so I think everyone we sent out on loan needs to go, hopefully mm-hmm. at good prices. Um, I think this imperative Fraser Forster has taken off our wage bill. Um, somehow he is a highest paid player and he's got a lot of contract left to run, which um, is a bit of a problem. Uh, Forster needs to go. I think um, I wouldn't be upset if Charlie Austin went uh, and that's not uh, a shot at him at all. I, I just think, um, I just don't think he's good enough, um, especially for the style of football where our and Hill plays. Um, I think yeah, I think maybe those two. Oh, Jack Stevens as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jack Jack Stevens. I think those those are the three. I'd 
definitely make a conscious effort of trying to sort of offload. Maybe we could get some money for them, um, but who knows? Uh, yeah, and it, and you know the uh, the Elianusi thing is is always is weird. We when we just bought mm. him, we we spent a significant amount of money on him. He hasn't really worked out. You wonder? I'm not. I'm not writing him off. Um, no, no, no. I, I wonder I, I, if maybe he goes out on loan next season. Um, if that can be secured and let him go yeah. play, but I don't know because he he looked. I mean, if you watch him in that Basel team, even against Manchester City, he just looked great. Um, yeah, and and that, and that's where I I saw him, and I, I was genuinely excited excited when we signed him. Uh, I remember, yeah, the, the Man City game he was very good. Um, I I feel he's never had a real consistent run in the team maybe a stretch of two three games in a row where he starts um especially under hughes and then either through injury or another player coming into form he's never really been that ever present just give him a pre-season hopefully ralph can you know find the best and get the best out of him i'm not willing to write him off just like i wasn't with buffal i think buffal's behavioral issues other things which will probably hold him back from really sort of getting into the saints first team again um and i don't think he'd work hard enough for ralph yeah um yeah i think elianusi i mean did you see his uh interviews when he was on the international duty he he seems like a very humble guy mm-hmm. he wants to prove himself at southampton and sometimes that as a motivator is a strong motivator and I think, I think, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm certainly not as down on him as some other, other fans. Um, but you know, like with any Southampton player, I, I want them, I will them to do well. Yeah. Um, and, uh, for whatever reason, I, I, I'm still reserving judgment on him. I, I don't have anything to really base that off apart from some Champions League appearances I've seen him playing, but obviously he's playing for, a, um, a team he's very familiar with and, um, probably play a certain style he was accustomed to in Switzerland and, um, and everything else. Uh, I hope, um, I hope he can find his feet at Saints. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, I don't think he's gone. I I don't think he'll go anywhere. Maybe he'll go on loan, but I, I think the, I mean, we've seen what, what can happen when guys decide I have to prove this, whether it's to myself or to everybody else or whatever it is, you know, we all, uh, not we all, a lot of people wanted Redmond gone last year. Um, yeah. And you look yeah, at the season true. he's had and, you know, he still has improvement to, to make improvements to make, but he's been, he's been fantastic. So um, to, to kind of wrap it up on a, a slightly more uh, joyous, fun note, maybe um, this could be really mm-hmm. bad. I might get cut completely. Who knows? Um, <laughs> you know, Ralph mentioned that the guys were going to be off until Wednesday. Um so, you know, let him go out and do anything. So I, I just wonder, who do you think, uh, we'll go down the list of, of people and the number of, of goals they scored and you decide if they had uh, more beers than goals they've scored or more or less, more or fewer. How, do, how What's the proper way to say that? If they've had, we'll just, I'll give you an example. Danny Ings has scored seven, <laughs> seven goals this season. You think yeah. he had more than seven beers or less than seven beers last night in the celebration? Ooh, um, I think less. I think he'll be so concerned about fitness and everything else I, I think he'll be scared to drink i think he, he'd probably want to put on a good um show of face for ralph to make him look as professional as possible um to maintain his spot on the side 
this is where I really wish Charlie Austin would have scored like nine goals because I think that's <laughs> <Yeah. interesting. laughs> uh, Next up is James Ward Prowse, who also has seven goals. You think he's uh, he's more or less than than seven beers? Again, I think less. I, I think um, from what I've read and and heard about Ward Prowse, he is like the consummate professional mm. and um, watches everything he eats. Doesn't go out. Um, you'll never sort of. Um, get one of those salacious gossip stories about James Ward Prowse. He's, um, I think, apart from when he's with his girlfriend or wife, I think he's uh, on the training pitch practicing free kicks. From what I can tell, that's all he does. So, yeah. yes, I think less, a lot less than seven beers. Maybe one um, alcohol-free yeah. beer at home uh, with with, <laughs> yeah. with the new yeah. the new the new baby who is I'm not sure new how new it is anymore. Yeah. Um, Shane Long, we've gotten to an Irish guy, so we'll just go up full stereotype here. Uh, five goals, so uh, more or less. Ooh, um, let's go more. <laughs> he, he will need a beer. Um, he'll have a beer to celebrate. Let's say he'll, he'll have three beers to celebrate his goal and three beers to commiserate for that shocking <laughs> miss. <laughs> I'm with you there. Uh, next yeah. up is Nathan Redman. I don't even think we need to ask because I think he drinks wine. I think him and Birchen are, are, are big wine drinkers, and oh, right. I can't, uh, I can't, I can't do that. And then Hoiberg, who doesn't have social wow. media, um, but he, he's on, he's on four. Yeah, yeah, he's done. He's drunk more than four. He's, <laughs> he's probably, he's probably drinking uh, Carlsberg as well, Danish beer. Um, it's uh, as weak as anything. Carlsberg, I think he he stuck to Carlsberg, and then I reckon he drank eight, <laughs> and is still fine. You know, still, it's still fine. Yeah. yeah, still still shouting. Um, uh, and and uh, as our on on pitch uh, captain, I'm sure he was leading the uh, the drinks at full time as well. Maybe I mean there was no cup to drink it out of, so at least that's 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 a thing. Um, <laughs> Armstrong uh, is at three, and then I have we have one more after that, and then we'll we'll call it good. Um, so a Scottish guy drinking under three beers in a sitting, I'd suggest he drinks more, but, um, he seems like a very well-kept man. Mm-hmm. Um, he might've gone home and just had like a, a, like scotch instead. Yeah. Yeah. On the rocks, uh, wearing a suit for no reason. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, he he's one one or the other, isn't he? He's either uh, heavy or he uh, tries to play it too cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and just just for a good laugh, Charlie Austin scored two goals this season. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he is drinking ten times his goal scoring amount. Jake, uh, this has been great, man. I, I I totally appreciate you coming on, and it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And and we 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 spoke before. You know, life is is hectic, and so to for you to make time to, to do this. I appreciate it. It's, uh, it, it's good fun for me and I enjoy always getting the chance to speak with you. No, me too. Thank you for having me on board. Um, there's always uh, too long and awkward silence after each podcast. I'm always thinking, Oh, did I do something to piss off Matt? No. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, it, it's all, it's always a pleasure to speak to you before and during the podcast. Um, it's probably best we keep our before podcast conversations as private as possible. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, honestly, it's, uh, thank you for having me on. It's, um, it's always really good fun. Yeah, no, no problem. And, uh, for anybody who's looking to get in touch with you, they can do that at JJ Hughes underscore on Twitter and also at St. Mary's Musings and the link to the website and the Twitter handle are all in the show notes. So people can do that. And, uh, yeah, and we'll, 
uh, I always say this, but like, we'll try to talk again soon. And I, I, yeah. I'm sure we all know how that works, but it, we'll, we'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you mentioned earlier, um, the summer transfers, things like that. If you want to going to do a podcast about that, well, I'm, uh, I'm happy to be on board. That's good. Cause I am, I am, that is my least favorite thing to cover. So uh, <laughs> to have somebody who's excited about it, uh, rather than well, getting on and, and, and dragging the, uh, <laughs> just going, Whoa. it's not necessarily the, the right word, but if yeah. we can somehow, take the piss out of the whole process as much as possible. I think um, that'll be a fun listen. Hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully uh, people will dig it. Well, maybe I'll go Charlie Austin levels of beer and I won't be Carlsberg <laughs> before we do it. Yeah, well, <laughs> that, that could be interesting. Um, make that a video podcast. Ooh, all right. I got, some, I got some cleaning up around the house to do before I do that, but I'll get on it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, thank, right, you, thank you so much. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Matt. And that does it for this episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to my guest, Jake Hughes. You can find him on Twitter at JJHughes underscore and get a hold of him at St. Mary's Musings at St. Mary's Musings. The link to the website is also in the show notes. Um, I really appreciate uh, everything that I got to talk about with Jake, whether it made the show or not. Uh, he's a fantastic guy, and uh, I wish him nothing but the best. So, Jake, thank you very much. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon. And once again, thank you to everybody who has been listening and who has subscribed. If you haven't done so, you can do that on the website at SouthamptonDelivery.com. There are links to a number of different platforms where you can subscribe and make it nice and easy. And uh, if you're enjoying the show, please consider leaving a review really does help and, and tell other people about it as we come to the end of our third season uh, of covering the team. Uh, it really has been a fun ride and this this is the best end of the season that we've had. I can definitely say that. Um, so we'll see how it goes from here on out. But um, the show would not be possible without you for, for listening. So thank you. And for the Patreon supporters at patreon.com slash SFC delivery. Um, thank you to everybody who does that. I really do appreciate it. It, it helps uh, keep the show hosted, keep the show advertisement free uh, so we can keep making episodes and hopefully you enjoy the little bit extra that you get. Uh, if you're interested, check it out at patreon.com slash SFC delivery. There's a link from the website, southamptondelivery.com to it. Um, Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton page on Instagram does the logo for the show. So thank you to Matt. He's been around a long time and for all the rematch day edits, polls, competitions, and more, be sure to check out the We Are Southampton page on Instagram partner of the show is the Southampton page. Jay has been a huge help to me from day one. Uh, you can follow them on Twitter. You can follow them on Instagram and join the over 20,000 people who are getting their team news and content from that very particular Instagram page. Uh, and special thanks to everybody who followed me recently on Instagram the show, which just went over 1000 followers on Instagram. Um, and as I say that, I'm sure that it will now revert to 999. That's okay. It makes my son laugh whenever he sees that number. All music for the show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games, and the intro show credits that you're listening to right now is Aim is True by Pottington Bear. Uh, follow along on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, however you do. Subscribe to the show. You do all that from southamptondelivery.com. Make sure you don't miss the next episode. And until then, remember that together, we march on.